0: each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends. And we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I'm so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast. And I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content, you can subscribe to this podcast. And most of the time, you can just do it from your phone, from iTunes. Click subscribe and write a review. This really helps us continue this path and this journey. And we love doing it so much. And again, I'm so grateful that you're here. Let us know what you thought. Thanks for listening. One cup of tea is all it's going to take to completely transform your perception of what premium tea should be. For those of you who are tea lovers like me, I'm so excited to announce my partnership with Rishi Tea for this amazing giveaway. Rishi Tea is going to give away an entire matcha essentials kit. All you have to do is go on Instagram, tag me, Rishi Tea, and the hashtag radically loved Rishi for your chance to win an entire matcha essentials tea set, which those of you that know me know that this is like the ultimate gift. So for those of you that are interested, go on Instagram now, snap a picture of what your tea ritual looks like and get ready to experience the best tea you've ever tried in your life. Rishi tea is my ultimate favorite. I cannot wait to share this experience with you. Alisa Vitti is a functional nutritionist, woman's hormone expert, best-selling author, and founder of flowliving.com. She's also known as the hormone whisperer. Alisa has opened up the conversation about menstruation while helping and inspiring women to tap into their inner wisdom and feel good all month long. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. It's one that as women, I feel like we don't talk about enough. She is such a pioneer in her field. I learned so much about myself and my body and the menstruation process. Yes, we talked about periods. This is what she does. And I never realized how uh, much information there is out there to help me understand my body more. I wish this conversation would have been longer, but it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. She gives us plenty of tips for us to utilize the tools that we have, food, uh, the use of energy and just how we function from a day to day and how to track our periods so that we feel our best and we don't feel like crap once a month. So without further ado, here is Alisa Vitti. Elisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I We already started talking and I just, I'm glad that I hit record now because if not, we would have just continued the conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh
1: my gosh. It's my, such my pleasure. I love your podcast. Oh, and I'm so yay! Here.
0: Oh good, I'm so excited. Uh, so you, like, how do we even start? I'm going to give you just for the people that don't know about you or uh, what a pioneer you are in the world of hormones and periods. (laughs) I'm going to let you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and uh, all the work that you've done and currently what you're working on. I'm
1: someone who myself struggled with, um, uh, you know, pretty pretty aggressive hormonal imbalance for you know 10 years of my life and though i was intending to become an obgyn at at hopkins my hormonal health crisis really opened my eyes to the the major breakdown in healthcare for women with chronic hormonal issues so what are chronic hormonal issues pcos which is what i had polycystic ovarian syndrome fibroids endometriosis uh, ovarian cysts um, PMS, PMDD, all the things that you deal with every single day, every single month of your life between your annual exam, where you're getting like your cervix checked and your breasts examined. Yes. What do you do? What do you do to manage the the hormonal shitstorm that can happen every day and that's really robbing you of time and energy and good moods. Um, throughout the month, and not to mention some real physical stuff, like you know, I was I had cystic acne all over my face, chest, and back. I was obese. I was depressed. I couldn't sleep. It was a whole mm-hmm. hot mess of a yeah. hormonal situation, and so it really opened my eyes to the fact that there was a missing piece in the healthcare equation, and so. My first task um, you know was to get better and I dove into functional medicine, although 20 years ago it didn't even it wasn't even called that, but I my research in epigenetics and um, nutrition led me to create the flow protocol, which um, basically reboots your endocrine system from the ground up. so whatever is broken in terms of your uh, different glands and hormones, mm-hmm. they all start working the way that they should. And then, um, after that I thought, okay, so this works and this works for women with any condition, um, and puts your, I mean, so that in and of itself, just, just this little thought here, you can put any hormonal condition that you have, any of the ones I listed and anything else into complete remission with food. And the flow protocol is, is the best out there for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so there's that. And then I thought, well, gee, there really should be a way for women to, access care, uh, universally affordably. I mean, even when I was seeking out alternative care, you know, 20 years ago, I mean, I remember how expensive it was Mm -hmm. to go see alternative practitioners and, and now even more so functional medicine is such a boutique thing. And, um, it's like, it's like several thousand dollars to join a a functional medicine practice, like membership, and then you got to pay for all this other stuff. It just adds up. And most of us, can't really, you know, that's like super, super expensive. So I thought, um, you know, in flow living, the, the flow living hormone center, when, it, when I created it, it was like one of our key mission points was to make universal, affordable, functional medicine, menstrual healthcare accessible for women by women <laughs> yeah. worldwide. Right. So we now, um, and have been for the past since 2012, when we launched the online platform, um, although I was in clinical practice for ten years with a physical location here in the city in New York City, yes. um, we've been taking care of tens of thousands of women in just about every country on the planet. Because have ovaries and an internet connection, we can help you. You know, you don't have to be relegated to who's your local, you know, person in your town uh, because they might not be the best person for you. So there was that, and then you know, the bigger mission at Flow Living is to make sure that women, you know. Know how their hormones work, and yeah. know how we should properly care and nourish those hormones, yes. so that we can end the cult of period mythology that keeps us suffering unnecessarily.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and to really have us thriving in our bodies. And so, um, the recent thing that I launched is this pretty revolutionary, uh, unique app. So it's the first functional medicine period tracking app that, you know, like I always, everybody, after I wrote Woman Code, which is a best selling book, um, uh, everyone was asking me, oh, can you make chapter five of Woman Code an app? And I thought, you know, if I'm going to make a period tracking app, there should be a period tracking app that goes beyond just letting you know, oh you're going to feel like shit again in a few days because you told, you told the app that last month that you had symptoms around this week of your cycle. Yeah. Uh, and thank you very much, Captain Obvious. I'm bleeding again. <laughs> Got it. You know? So I just thought that the majority, I mean, listen, some of them are very sophisticated in terms of like lots of data charting and whatnot. And that's really great. But if it's not making your period better, if it doesn't get better each cycle, then it's not, it's not what you need. Yeah. So the, the, flow, the MyFlow app, Fixes your period the more you use it. It'll tell you any symptom that you're having. You can click through it and see why you're having that symptom and what you should eat the next meal that you eat to get rid of that symptom. Um, It tracks recurring symptoms and gives you a customized one cycle, one month cycle uh, protocol to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, it lets you cycle sync, right? That you have these four distinct phases of your cycle. Um, instead of trying to operate in the 24-hour male hormonal circadian pattern, which is making you very self-critical, which is why I was so excited to come on the radically love, yes. radi- you know, because, because it's like we're all so self-critical because we're living in the wrong matrix. We're living in the ma- the male paradigm, which is 24-hour yeah. construct. But you have a 28-day construct. And the more you try to squeeze yourself into the 24-hour one, you make yourself not only very self-critical and beat yourself up for not being able to do everything the same way every day from exercising to work projects, but also it's making you sick and more symptomatic on the level of your reproductive health because all of that stress of operating in a 24-hour pattern when your neurohormonal matrix is 28 days is actually adversely affecting your endocrine system. So- the app actually tells you which phase of your cycle you're in and what activities, exercise, work, creative projects, even what kind of foreplay, honey, to be doing mm-hmm. each week cycle to optimize. So, and, and it does so much more. But th- that's, I'm just on, uh, on fire to change women's lives or the yeah. quality of their lives, to give them a healthcare outlet that they need and to really let them step into their own paradigm.
0: Yeah, well, that, I mean, wow, that's, again, revolutionary, and I think something that's completely needed in a world where we're not educated enough, especially as women in our own health and with what's happening, you know, with, you know, our reproductive system, our moods, our hormones, you know, I I feel like we just, we're not really focused on it so much, especially now, you know, I, I in school, I mean, we didn't learn about any of this stuff. I mean, th- these are things that you learn as you get older and as you become an adult and as you become, you know, sexually active and as you just begin to get to know your body and your own health and, you know, your own way of being. So I, I thank you for <laughs> thank, thank you for all the work that you're doing so Thanks. that we we don't have to suffer anymore. Uh, you, you said so many things and I, I kind of want to just track back a little bit just with, with your own process of self-discovery and, and sort of your journey. Um, how long did it take for you to start to, uh, I mean, obviously your journey as, as going to medical school and, and, you know, being diagnosed with, um, PCOS, how, how, when did you start to realize that you needed to do something that something was just not right?
1: I mean, for me, the moment was when I was in the doctor's office. So the deal was I had been going to the gynecologist, um, you know, first when I was still living at home at my parents' house, and then when I was at school. Mm-hmm. So I had Harvard-trained gynecologist, and then I had Hopkins-trained gynecologist taking care of me. So you would say the best in the business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, no, and I went, I started going at 16. I didn't get my period till I was almost 16. It was, um, February before my May birthday. So just three or four months before I turned 16 and the period was really bizarre. And then I didn't get it again for uh, many months. And so I was like, all right, well, if the, if the trigger to allow someone to go to the gynecologist is their first period or being sexually active, I finally had my first period. So I'm like, let's go. So I couldn't wait to go to the gynecologist to figure out what was wrong because I had an inkling. As early, even be, before that, I remember standing on the sidelines of my brother's Little League game with my father, saying, You know, I, it must have been like 13, saying, You know, Dad, something just doesn't feel right. And I, I didn't have language because I was 13. I was like, I just don't feel like the other girls, you know, mm-hmm. um, because really what, what I was trying to say is that my hormones weren't weren't working properly, and I wasn't going through the developmental stages the way that I saw other uh, women, girls turning into women at that time, going through, which made sense uh, because I wasn't producing the levels of of hormones that I should have been at that time. And you know, he of course gave me the the very loving and supportive "You're beautiful and everything's fine" thing that any parent would say, um, but but it continued to be a problem for for that entire decade of, like I said, from 12 to 22, um, I only got my diagnosis at 21 um, of PCOS. So that whole time I was, I was just, it was a big black hole of, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I'm having all this increasing problems with my weight, my skin, my hair, my moods, uh, my concentration, you know, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, the way that the hormones actually kind of present themselves. It's very similar to being a woman who is very late stage perimenopause or even mm-hmm. postmenopausal. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what the effects of those hormones are like on a teenage body, just really chaotic. Yeah. And no one knew what was going on with me. No one gave me that diagnosis. It wasn't until I was in the the library one night with my insomnia, trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with me that I came across an article in a, in an obstetrics journal about Stein-Leventhal disease and its implications in fertility. And I said, oh my God, I was reading the, the sort of present, classic presentation of this syndrome and I said, that's me. That is me to the letter. So I ripped out the article Don't Destroy Library Property I was like, oh! Don't do that. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a rebel. Anyway, so (laughs) then then I marched over to my at at that time GYN um, office. I waited for her in the parking lot. She was literally keying into the building with her cup of coffee. It was a little startled to see me and I said, listen, I want a transvaginal ultrasound now. I know I don't have an appointment but I literally have been waiting 10 years. I need this information today. She was very kind and uh, didn't call the cops and so we did. Oh my goodness. Did, did have the, uh, did have the transvaginal ultrasound. And she said, listen, you're right. Your ovaries are riddled with tiny little cysts. Um, you do have PCOS. Um, I don't know how we missed that. I'm like, yep. I don't know how you missed that either. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and, uh, and this is very common for women with, whether it be PCOS or endometriosis, uh, a lot of our complaints to our GYN are brushed off. And the tests are very difficult to get access to and inconclusive. And, you know, with endometriosis, for example, they have to do a biopsy. There's no other way to do it. And people want to avoid doing that as long as possible. And it's just, it's complicated to get a diagnosis. And that whole time you are frustrated and dealing with symptoms and you don't know what's wrong with you. And it's very nuts making, right? You know, you feel like totally like you're going to jump out of your skin. And so she gave me this prognosis of like, you know, you're going to continue to have obesity, acne. Oh yeah, you may never be able to get pregnant even with artificial reproductive technology like IVF. Um, You'll have an increase for diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. But don't worry, we'll just medicate you along the way and do the best we can to manage the symptoms with pharmaceuticals. Mm. And you know, there I am, you know, at this young age thinking that can't be my future. And so I said, no, thank you. I'm gonna go take my very expensively trained mind and figure this out and that is what I pursued after that. I decided not to become an OBGYN because I thought if, if I can't help myself with this type of care, what, why would I wanna provide yourself, that type right. of care for other women? It's insufficient for um, chronic GYN endocrine issues Um, I want to do something that's going to be more uh, succinctly directly affecting and benefiting this group of women. Um, So yeah, so I, I, I began, you know, all my training in functional medicine and all my research and the flow protocol was born. And then within six months of figuring out the right sequencing of the approach to the endocrine system and the right food uh, combinations within six months, I dropped, 50 pounds, my skin and my period came back. And I was floored. I mean, floored is the word. Like I I knew it should work because academically and theoretically, as I was doing the research, like, all right, this should work. But then to see it, to have it, to live it, I was like, holy ovaries, this is awesome. You know, just to go through that experience was riveting and life changing and eye opening. And I thought, um, I want any woman who's dealing with any of these conditions to have access to this. And so then my center was born. Um, and I, like I said, I did just one-on-one sessions for like a decade helping women with everything from PCOS to endometriosis to fibroids, ovarian cysts. Mm-hmm. PMS, irregular cycles, just, just putting those all into complete remission with the protocol. And that's when I started thinking, you know, there are more women calling me from different time zones and different places that I can't, I can't take care of. How can I use technology to solve that problem? And then in 2011, um, raised some uh, money from some investors and, and built a whole online, uh, hormone center. And we've been, off to the races ever since and taking wow. care of were, So,
0: yeah, that's so uh, I'm I'm so grateful for all of your research and all of the data that you've collected to help us understand these things better. How often do you think this gets misdiagnosed?
1: Any condition? I mean, I think it's it's not so much misdiagnosis, it's just no diagnosis. Oh, I wow. think that's Experience is like you know, women go to the gynecologist and they say they don't feel good, right? I don't feel good. My period sucks. I feel kind of miserable one half of the month. What can I do? And you'll basically hear a couple of things like you need to go on the pill, Mm -hmm. you need to go on antidepressants, um, or you can do if if they find something in a sonogram, they'll recommend a surgical procedure. Um, or they'll say, we, sh- we don't want to do a surgical procedure. We want to hold off on that as long as possible till it's excruciatingly painful for you and you can no longer function unless we do the surgery. And then that leads you to the third conclusion, which is, gee, there's nothing we can do. Uh, we'll see you next year. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you go home for a whole year where 50% of that year, because 50% of the month is when you're in the luteal and menstrual phase. So 50% of your life for the next 12 months is painful is a drain on your energy you feel bad about yourself you are actually experiencing physical suffering and you're told to suck it up be quiet and do nothing about it mm. well, unacceptable yeah, it's, the it's 21st so unacceptable century. we can go in with robotic Microscopic cameras and and lasers and do laparoscopic surgery, yeah, but totally. we can't we can't help women who've got some bad periods are you that's that to me that just seems yeah bad. so i I thought that was so crazy that I had to do something about it, and that is why I do that's why the flow living hormone center exists and Why I run around talking about periods all the time? (laughs) No, that's great.
0: And and again, there's millions and millions and millions of women out there who are so grateful for it because I I feel like the way that you deliver the information and all the research that you've done and that your platform is doing is is revolutionary. You know. So, um, what kind of what kind of tests can we ask for when we go to the doctor? You know, because you were in it you were doing the research you were in med school like that's how you were able to right find the data like what about for the people listening that are feeling they're listening to what you're saying and they're having a a, an epiphany at the moment they're having a wake-up moment where they're like wow I need to go get this checked out what do they need to ask for what do they need to look for
1: that's great. We have a whole article on the Flow blog about um, what are the tests to ask for when you go to the gynecologist. So you want to ask for specific blood work to check specific hormone levels, your thyroid, your estrogen, your progesterone, your follicular stimulating hormone. Uh, and those blood tests are good. If, if, As long as you're complaining of some, some sy- symptoms that are reasonable to your gynecologist, she should be able to um, slide that through your health insurance policy. Um, the problem is a lot of us don't have, um, uh, you know, that, that, that if you want to do multiple tests that sometimes you can't get that covered. And so then you're not getting tested. Right. And then if your doctor doesn't think that you have anything wrong with you and doesn't want to green light the test, um, the blood test, then you won't get those tests done either. So there's another option, which is at home hormone saliva testing and, um, uh, that's something that you know, is actually a better snapshot of what's going on with your hormones because instead of just drawing blood at one millisecond of time mm-hmm. um, for the whole month, your hormones are fluctuating every single day of the month. So you know, to do saliva testing that, that really gives you a full picture of that okay. for over the month is really ideal. And that, you know, is a great way for you to get started. The other thing though, is if you don't feel like doing all the testing, the other thing that happened two years ago is that the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed that your period, your actual bleed, is your fifth vital sign. So four vital signs everybody has when they go into the emergency room, they know they're looking for like blood pressure and temperature, right? Now your period is so critical to helping you understand your health overall that it is considered your fifth vital sign. So we actually, and I made TV and menstrual and feminist history on Dr. Oz by showing simulated menstrual blood and describing the five different colors that it might be, mm-hmm. um, because it would only be five. Um, and so I built a, a, a period typing tool for any woman can access this for free. It's on the homepage It's called the period type quiz. You answer seven questions and it will tell you which of the five period types you have and what that means, which is almost as accurate as a blood test because it will tell you what the ratio of estrogen and progesterone might be. And that will give you a lot of insight into what action steps you might need to take or which are outlined in the, the quiz results to help you get better. Um, so that's just free for every woman because every woman should be able to look before she flushes and see what her period is trying to tell her that month about the state of affairs of her diet and lifestyle mm. on your endocrine system.
0: Yeah, well, that's the next part. It's like, tell us how important our food intake is to this whole system.
1: Babe, it's everything. <laughs> I mean, what you eat is support either supporting your endocrine function or Or screwing with it, right? So, you know, if you're eating the wrong foods at the wrong time uh, in the wrong combinations, you can really shut down Mm. um, your hormonal, your proper hormonal cascade pretty quickly. So, uh, for example, I was just doing my weekly Facebook Live today talking about why sometimes perfectly healthy women with perfectly healthy periods will skip a period why does that happen? And they're not pregnant and they don't have a condition. And like, why does that happen? Well, that happens because of too much sugar imbalances, not like you're eating candy, but you're having sugar highs and sugar lows, blood glucose and insulin highs and lows from doing things like having caffeine for breakfast and skipping breakfast except for the cup of coffee and then like doing a workout. Now you're jacking up the second cause, which is the cortisol piece. So if you do that for a couple of weeks or months coupled with actual stress and then other mismanagement in your diet, you can stop ovulation in its tracks and you can skip a period and then start to have other problems. So, it's so profound on all of this is well researched in terms of um fertilities, uh, you know, the effects of diet on fertility. And when we say fertility, we mean, you know, <clears throat> are you able to keep a consistent ovulation monthly and have enough hormones to build up the lining of your uterus? you know, and have the whole cycle happen the way that it should. And so food, we know 100% affects uh, your cycle. It's so critical. Um, and there's so many things to talk about with what foods are good foods. But, you know, I think that women just need to understand at a, at a fundamental level that if you are walking around with the following belief that you should be eating the quote unquote perfect diet every single day then you've been misled, greatly misled. (laughs) Um, All dietary theory and exercise um, theory is predicated on the 24-hour male circadian hormonal pattern. And in that situation, eating the same food structure every day works. Mm -hmm. But in your system, your internal ecosystem changes Mm -hmm. each week of your cycle. You cannot expect yourself to want to eat because you won't be craving the same foods because cravings are calls for specific micronutrients that you need for Manufacturing hormones, for example, you won't be craving the same things because you're making different levels of hormones each week. So for you to say, "Okay, this is the perfect diet for me," it's paleo, or it's it's the raw food, or it's whatever it is, yeah. or it's vegan, or like vegan, right? Right. And you're going to do that each week of the cycle. Some weeks you're going to feel like, "Yeah, this diet is the best thing for me ever," and then some weeks you're going to feel so bad and you don't know what's wrong, and you're going to binge eat on other stuff, and you're going to feel bad about yourself, and it's a big black hole of mysteriousness, which it doesn't need to be, right? It's that right. your diet, actually, your food has to change each week of the cycle. So you're going to eat specific foods that enhance the follicular phase, specific foods during the ovulation week that help offset this huge spike in estrogen. How many of you listening get a little breakout on your chin when you're ovulating? It's because you're overloaded with estrogen. If you eat the right foods that week, that breakout will not even happen. Then when you move into the luteal phase, how many of you listening feel like you binge eat carbohydrates, salt, sweet, that whole salt sweet thing? I'm lifting both my hands right now. Right? Yeah. One for salt, one for sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And that has to do with micronutrient deficiencies. Your body does something pretty heroic during um, the luteal phase, which is it builds up the most juicy like plump lining of uterus in case you want to make a baby. And at the same time, it's, it's manufacturing a ton of progesterone to a hold the lining in place and B set you up for your cycle. Um, So all of those things require an enormous amount of micronutrients, which you have to get from your food. And if you're not eating the right foods, you won't get them. And then you're craving salty, greasy, carbohydrate rich foods, just because your body's like feed me calories and maybe in the caloric intake, I'll get a few of the things that I need. But you want to be thinking of foods to help with those hormonal manufacturing needs during the luteal phase. And you won't have any PMS, no bloating, no breast tenderness, no bitchiness, all of it, a thing of like a bad memory. And then same, same thing with the bleeding week, you know, um, by the way, isn't it so confusing? Like, Menstrual cycle, the period, but then what do you call the bleeding week? Menstrual week? Men. Like, <laughs> I know,
0: and it's like you know, it took me, it took me so long to even figure out like PMS, and it's like people would say, "Oh, I have PMS," uh, "I have PMS on while I'm on my period." I'm like, "Wait, I'm no, that's no, pre-menstrual." Can't. I'm like, "That right. doesn't make any right. sense."
1: See, the fact that we don't have precision with the language referencing the things that happen to our body is part of um, the oppressive agenda of the patriarchy. If I can just be so bold as to go do there. I. Um, because you know, you mentioned sex ed being so I insufficient. Uh, I'm going to second inadequate. that like, it, way inadequate, but it's, it, I mean, think about it. If you want to stifle the creative power of, of half the population, you do that by not giving them the roadmap to, uh, optimizing their health. Right. Because when well. you, when you clear your channel, Right? This is why so many women love yoga and mm-hmm. and healthy eating, because yeah. the more you clear your channel and keep your vessel clear um, with good health and, and vitality, the more you can feel connected to your purpose, feel connected to your passion, feel connected to your creativity, and the healthier your body is, the more that can flow through you effortlessly, um, because you need to take action to, to bring those things to life. Um But not knowing about how your hormones work and how to care for your cycle, which is, by the way, what the creation matrix actually is, and we'll talk about that in a minute, Um, how you bring life to anything um, is through this creation process, Um, that creates a lot of static you know, it's like, yes, we're talking about the fact that some of us feel like two different people, one half of the month to the next, but that static in your body of like, um, lacking vitality, dis-ease symptoms that really does keep you from your power and your passions and your creative expression in a big way. And not knowing how your body works is a pretty smart way to keep us all kind of, scrambling around to try to figure out how to just feel good day to day right Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. uh, anyway whether or not it was on purpose it still is the fact that understanding having precise language and knowledge about what's going on in your hormones which phase you're in what you should be eating is the fastest way for you to be free
0: period period no pun intended (laughs) So uh- <laughs> so saying that like what are what are some tips that you can you can give us to start just changing the way aside from obviously reading the woman code right which yep. you talk about this so and getting my flow on the app so that we can track our stuff that's happening what are, some, what are some tips that you can give us as far as just being hyper aware to our, our health, our periods, our hormonal levels? Like, What are the things that we should start to do if you had to give us five, five key uh, things to, to start doing or to watch out for just to help us kind of get more familiar and, and to own our female health?
1: Well, the first thing I would want any woman to do is to audit her period, right? So look the next time you're bleeding. What color is it? What are the textures? Take the period type quiz, find out your period type, learn about what that period type type means so that you can understand if you're estrogen dominant or progesterone deficient. It will explain to you why you have the sort of cluster of symptoms that you struggle with it'll give you the answer as to why why is this happening to me this is why and I think knowing that is so empowering because for me at least I need to know why I need to do something if I'm gonna do it like I don't eat broccoli because it's good for me I eat broccoli during my luteal phase because it does something specific to break down estrogen right that's what I do. I need to be motivated by science. <laughs> so when you get this information and this is what I find for all the women who go through the monthly flow program at the Flow Living Center is they just like, "Oh my god, I now I know why I need to do something. I feel really charged up to actually get it done and it's exciting because I know I'm doing an experiment inside my body to, you know, to change my out my hormone yeah. results, which is it's pretty cool. It's a different. It's it's like you're no longer I don't want you to just be someone who's like following a diet. I want you to be um, your own health practitioner, right? And I want you to be in a compassionate, listening relationship to your body.
2: Yeah.
1: I call it I call it like the call and response. So your body's going to call out to you with a symptom. It's going to say, "Hey, cramps." "Hey, bloating." "Hey, breast tenderness," and you're going to say. Oh, bloating means that I didn't eat enough foods that contained magnesium. How are you going to know that? The app is going to tell you, or reading Woman Code is going to tell you, or doing the program is going to tell you. You're going to learn this. Once you know it, you know it, right? And you're going to say, oh, okay, I, I forgot to eat enough of this food. So now this month, I'm going to eat more of those foods. And look, bloating didn't happen again this month. You're going to do compassionate call and response. You're going to always be scanning your body for the symptoms that it's calling out to you. And you're going to be doing a little detective digging to say, oh, how did that, what happened for the past 30 days that may have led me with my diet and lifestyle to this symptom? Okay. And then once you understand what you did, you're going to either stop doing it or take a different action to resolve that issue. And then you're going to watch your body respond with vitality, restored vitality and, and resolving of the symptom continuing to have that beautiful relationship with your body is the whole point because there is no destination with health there is no you eat the perfect diet and you get into the perfect body the perfect health it's all handled there's a constant evolution your body is always growing and changing and shifting and you go through seven hormonal inflection points over the course of your lifespan you need to be in a dynamic compassionate relationship with your body throughout your life you need to learn how to be inside of your skin in a way that um, is a partnership, not Mm -hmm. a a battle. So the second thing that you can do is make that mindset shift, that it isn't about finding the right diet or the right exercise. It's about listening and responding. I think that's I think that's huge because we're so the marketing is so good out there, people. You know, Uh, it's like just eat this or just do this ab workout. You know, it's so good, it's so good. You know, even I sometimes I'm like, wow. (laughs) Um, But you have to remember that none of those diets, none of those exercise plans are predicated on your female physiology. None of them, and any diet or any exercise plan that you pursue that isn't using your female physiology and hormonal reality at its foundation is not going to make you healthier. In fact, it will often make you less healthy. So that's the third thing is to just recognize that your diet and exercise and self-care must be cyclical. It must map onto the four phases of your cycle. How many of you have friends or yourself who've trained for a marathon or triathlon and gained 20 pounds running a zillion miles a day, right? This happens all the time. Because you're working against um, very specific cortisol and estrogen patterns in the body that men um, don't deal with. They have cortisol and estrogen and testosterone. We have all the same hormones, but they have a 24-hour clock, Mm -hmm. and we have a 28-day clock. And when you exercise the wrong way at the wrong time of the cycle, you can actually gain weight. This is all – like old news in terms of, you know, research. Um, but it's just not being discussed. And so women continue to operate like they're men. Yeah. And, and doing that is making you um, feel bad about yourself and making you sick. So that, that's step number three, recognize that you have to take care of yourself in a cyclical fashion, you must cycle sync your diet and exercise to be your healthiest self. Mm. Um, step four is Some basic cleanup, which is you got to get rid of the caffeine. Most women don't have the gene, it's the CYAP21 gene, or sorry, CYAP2 gene to break down caffeine in the liver okay so most of us don't have that gene and as a result caffeine is circulating in your body in toxic levels and makes you have creates a lot of adverse effects including elevated insulin levels and cortisol levels so get rid of the caffeine including your matcha latte I'm very very sorry if, you're ha- no. if you're- I know if you're having hormonal problems if you have PMS if you have any of the conditions that we've talked about that caffeine is making it worse mm. period. So, I've been caffeine free for 20 years. You can see how high energy I am. I have a two and a half year old. I run a large company. I'm good without the caffeine. Miss. You can have an, you, uh, w- once you start cycle thinking your diet, you create an upward energy spiral. Wow. You get more energized. You don't need to rely on caffeine because you're dragging your butt from trying to squeeze your life into 24 hours. It's a whole different paradigm. It's a whole different matrix. It's like, it's like stepping out of the matrix and into reality. Oh <laughs> um, so I really want you to, to get rid of the caffeine, get rid of the gluten, get rid of the dairy and the sugar. Those things we know make hormonal problems much worse. Doing that as a baseline will help you tremendously. If you must continue to have caffeine, it can only be with food. We're the only country and culture globally that uses caffeine as a solo beverage without a meal. Any other tea drinking or coffee drinking country, they always do it with food because the food slows the absorption and helps balance out the blood sugar with the caffeine, you know, sort of shaking that up. So and it's also used as a digestive aid. So if you really still want your caffeine, you can have it after a meal or with a meal, but it cannot be on an empty stomach and certainly not first thing in the morning before any other any other food goes in your system. Um Okay. I know. I I'm know. Taking and notes. then I take notes. And then the last thing would be some basic, you know, universally good supplementation to help you deal with all the things. I and mean, we didn't even talk about the birth control pill, but oh, if right. you're on the birth control pill, or if you've had history of being on the pill, the pill and caffeine and any medication that you take strips your body of B vitamins and magnesium, and also destroys your gut microbiome. These are Foundational elements for your hormonal health, your brain health, um, for your vitality. So, I would recommend that you take a B one hundred complex. Okay. So that means it's a hundred percent of all your B vitamins because these are water soluble micronutrients. So you're either sweating or urinating them out. And if you're drinking caffeine, you're urinating more and flushing more of them. Um, so, you know, I would take a B one hundred. I would take a good probiotic, and I would take magnesium each and every day, um, just to give yourself you know, some baseline, um, support, uh, in terms of just navigating all the things that are going on with stress and exercise and diet that you might be doing. Um, you know, unless you've learned how to do the flow process, you know, mm-hmm, you might mm-hmm. be doing some of the things wrong and, and those will kind of help you not get more hormonally damaged, wow. um, than, than you already are.
0: Wow. And what do you think, what's your feeling on like the IUDs or, you know, the, the birth control methods where those are inserted?
1: Listen, I'm, I am pretty much against any woman with any hormonal symptoms using synthetic hormone replacement of any kind. So the pill, the ring, the, the uh, hormone secreting IUD, the injections, the implants, all of those are make your symptoms worse and increase the, increase depression, not just the risk for depression, make you more depressed and mm-hmm. increase the risk for you to end up on antidepressants. How funny. Um, so, you know, they, wow. you're being sold the idea that these things will help mitigate your symptoms and your mood swings, but actually make you end up more likely than not on an antidepressant as a secondary medication to support your synthetic hormone releasing pill or device. So that's the first thing that I'll say. Plus, not to mention that it robs you of all these micronutrients. So you end up worse off hormonally with your condition than before you started the medication. Um, Oh, my
2: goodness.
1: So there's that. The other thing to say is that if you want to use uh, any other form of birth control, um, yes, the non-hormonal IUD is great. Uh, the copper IUD—that's the one that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great one to do, but you know, it comes with its own risks and problems. the The IUD can get dislodged. It can be painful. It can cause problems. It's you. It was only ever really indicated for women who've had all their kids.
2: Oh, because, I see.
1: Because any risk to the uterus would prevent potential implantation and successful conception later on. So that's why it's a better option if you've already had your children. But there, you know, it's the risks are small, but still present. So you have to weigh that into your decision. Then there's, there are cervical caps, um, and, and, diaphragms that are excellent and very effective. But frankly, the gold standard for me and for any woman who is not yet in a committed long-term relationship, and frankly, even when you are is condoms, 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 prevent your cervix from being exposed to bacteria from multiple partners that will increase your risk for pelvic inflammatory disease, HPV that can lead to cancer, and all sorts of other UTIs and yeast infections that you don't want to be dealing with. So condoms are your best friend. And everyone's like, oh, he doesn't want to wear a condom and it doesn't fit and it falls off and this and that. Uh, yeah, every, every person has a different anatomical shape and you should have a whole like basket of different sized condoms for a condom fashion show before you, if if, if you're with a male partner, you should be like, you know, honey, before we come and worship at my temple, I want to, I want you to try in a few robes before we try, before you enter the gates, you know, and make it a fun, playful thing. And trust me, I mean, it's, listen, frankly, if you're, if you you know this is just a whole other conversation but i strongly feel that if you can't at the beginning of a relationship and a sexual encounter feel like you're being supported with something that's going to make you feel safe and comfortable then you're not in you shouldn't be in a sexual encounter with that person right so if they are giving you a lot of hard pushback about no i don't want to wear condoms then i would say no then i don't want to date you and that that sounds really extreme but think back to anyone who's given you that line of rhetoric and did they end up being the right person for you? Uh,
0: right.
1: <laughs> I mean, as you know, that's almost a rhetorical question. So, you know, so there's that. And if you're in um, relationship with women, I still think in the beginning, until everyone can get tested, I think dental dams are really important for everyone to just have safe protection for the cervix and and all of that. Um, you know, you you only have one body. You want to you want to take reasonable precautions to keep yourself healthy, but you also still want to have as much fun as humanly possible. And there's a really great way to do that with basic barrier methods like dental dams and like condoms that do the job. um, and that don't, don't really cost all that much. So I would say that's the best thing, but beyond that, um, you need to know where you are in your cycle. Right? Because yeah. the other thing that you can do, everyone's so afraid of getting pregnant. It's, uh, trust me, I, I help so many women get pregnant that are struggling to get pregnant, who've done IVF and not getting pregnant. Is not, it's so hard to get pregnant because you're only fertile for basically 48 hours out of the cycle, right? Yeah. So if you know when that is, which the app will teach you how to look for mm-hmm. which signs, right, without using a thermometer and all of that, although that's a more precise way to do it, but there's pretty easy visual signs that you can look for during the month. If you know when you're fertile, uh, you can just either double up on your barrier methods for those nights, like use a condom and a cervical cap, or you can abstain for 48 hours. No big deal, um, right? Okay. And you, you're in control. So it's not, it's not this um, mysterious, scary thing. Um, you, you can feel a lot more comfortable. Um, you don't have to give your reproductive... Um, self over to pharmaceuticals to either right. relieve symptoms or prevent pregnancy. You you just need to get educated. And it's very straightforward.
0: Uh Elisa, you seriously, I mean, I can sit here and talk to you forever or just educate <laughs> me because this is just so much information. And I feel like my hand is cramping up from just like writing everything down. There's so many questions I want to ask you, obviously just personally for me and uh, for my listeners, of course. But I think it's just, it's, it's so relieving to me to have somebody like you doing all of this work that somebody that we can trust and, and know that you're so passionate about what you're doing and the data that you're bringing in is so reliable and, and it's just really about us learning about our own bodies and feeling more empowered and I am so grateful for you again that you're doing all this. It just makes me feel so much more like at ease knowing that we have the control, we have the power to change these things and like you said earlier to eradicate a lot of these things that we get diagnosed with that we may feel is the end of the world, and we can only yeah. now rely on, like, medi- be on medication for the rest of your life. It's not the case.
1: No, your destiny is the opposite of suffering. Your destiny is to be an, a, a person who creates worlds, right? Whether you're creating life in the physical form or you're creating art or you're creating ideas, inventions, products, you know, you are imbued with the matrix of creation, um, as embodied by your menstrual cycle. And you can give birth and give rise to just about anything. It's quite the opposite of suffering. So I want women to just have this baseline of health so that they can go and like build a better future, because I think we are sorely in need of one, especially now.
0: Aside from all the work that you've been doing, your work speaks speaks for itself. And again, From all the women all over the world and all the future women that you will continue to impact, I just want to say thank you for just doing this and talking about periods, something that people, especially women, feel like it's taboo sometimes or don't want to talk about because nobody teaches us about it. Thank you for being such a loud and clear and educative and passionate voice about it so that we can just continue to feel that comfort and that, that empowerment. So thank you for doing that. So the question is uh, it's about this podcast and this forum and this community, and it's about radical love. And, you know, you spoke to it and, and, and you live it and especially being a mom, I'm sure we didn't even get to talk about that. We're going to have to have you back on. I would love There's, to come back there, on. <laughs> please do. There's so many other questions that I have. And maybe I know we could
1: have, maybe we could have people send in their questions. Yeah. Before my next one. Yeah. Really that's yeah, so, yeah.
0: that's such a great thing. So for, we could just tell them now. So for, for all of you guys listening, send us your questions uh, any, anything in particular that you want to ask Lisa, uh, about your, your period or your hormones, like any of those things or, or anything that we talked about that you want to know more of, like email me at rosy at radically loved.com and just send in your questions and we'll have her on again. We'll answer the Yay! questions. It'll be so much fun. It'll be a period party. Period party. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you, everyone's blasting this as loud as they can from their car. Um, okay. So, Radically loved is this idea that we are all loved and supported and we are all held by this force that is God, universe, source, baby Krishna, whatever it is, whatever higher power of your understanding, we are all supported and we're all loved. So the questions to you are, number one, how do you feel radically loved? And number two, what do you radically love?
1: Mm. I feel radically loved uh, by, by this sort of this matrix that I feel like I'm a part of, I feel like I'm a part of this sort of living, breathing way in which things evolve. That makes me feel really, loved, like I can look out and see that there's a season of the year that's happening outside and there's a season of the, of the cycle that's happening inside. and I'm part of this bigger cyclical experience that we're all experiencing. and its just it's very peaceful to, to feel that. You know It's like we're all part of this really lovely supportive matrix. And then what do I radically love? I mean, I radically love my female self. Mm -hmm. I think that it's such a huge gift to be born a woman and to have to have this body that um, is so profoundly powerful. I mean, I didn't even get a chance to tell you all the scientific ways in which the female form is significantly at an advantage to that of the male form. sorry, guys. It's just a fact. <laughs> but like, I feel like it's important to share because we really do walk around thinking we got the short end of the stick because of our periods, but it's so the opposite. Um, and I just, I feel so, I, I just, I just am in awe. I've been in awe since I found out I was going to have a period in sixth grade. And I am so like all the time excited and thrilled that I get to be a woman in my body in this life, it's such a gift and I want to use every minute to my, to my, uh, I want, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm using that to my advantage at all times. That's for sure.
0: So for people out there who are wanting more information about what what you're doing and the information and to learn all the protocols to get more familiar with their bodies, where can they go?
1: Well, if there's anything going on with your period at all that you want to learn more about or get actual, you know, resolution for that, I would send you to the Flow Living Hormone Center, which is flow, F-L-O, living.com. And from our blogs to our programs to the period typing quiz, you can find everything there that you're going to need to put your period problems into remission naturally with the flow protocol. Um, Woman Code, the book, uh, it's spelled as one word just woman code that can be purchased on Amazon. And then the app is myflowtracker.com. M y f l o tracker.com, And once you go to that website, you'll be able to get it on the various platforms, depending on which kind of phone you have uh, and learn more about it. Um, so that is where you can get everything that you need.
0: Great, and it, do, can people contact you directly? Are you on any social media platforms? Oh, right, right, social media. Yes, you can find me
1: on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Flow Living, just uh, F L O Living. And if you need to, you know, reach out for a, you know a one-on-one phone conversation with you know myself or one of my Flow coaches, you can just sort of hit us up at support at flowliving.com and we'll take care of you.
0: Yay! Awesome, Alyssa Vitti. Thank you so much for being a guest on this show and for sharing your knowledge and your love for what you're doing and this massive empire that you've created and for just being part of us and for being a woman and a powerful woman at that. So from all the women across the world, from all the men across the world that you are doing the work to improve relationships between us and with each other. Thank you so much for being on.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a joy to talk to you.
0: It went by way too fast. (laughs) Literally. And it was like, Oh, we'll be done and I'm like, No, it's like fifty minutes later and I'm still like, wait, I didn't even ask you. I told you uh, (laughs) half of the pitch You're so right. You're so right. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosia Acosta or on Twitter at Rosia Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.